Praise the Lord. Hey, welcome to happy hour, everybody. Oh, my. Anybody glad? Are you real glad? It's much better than being in hell. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Much better than being locked up. You feel what I'm saying? God is a good God. So blessed. I woke up this morning at 4.30, and uh, not because I wanted to, (laughs) but um, I believe that God has a word that he wants me to share with you today. So I want you to grab your Bibles and let's open up to Revelation 2. Revelation 2, verses number 1 through 7. Man, yesterday was fantastic. I had to, I had to text Brother Tony Chase. And actually, I just wanted to brag on our services, but I had to ask him how theirs went over there wherever he is. But, uh, but God, um, God just showed up in a great way, and I love when his presence invades our presence, everything changes. The enemy is defeated. The enemy can't do whatever he wants to do in God's presence. So we should contend for his presence every time. Y'all hear what I said? I said every time. We want him every time. We don't want to ever, ever let the devil feel like he can come and take over nothing up in here. You always, you know... It's always better when he's here. And so he'll come where he is invited and he'll leave if you don't want him to be here. So how many want him to be here tonight? God wants us to maintain a passion and excitement for his son. And he wants us to keep a passion and excitement for his son. I was thinking about when people first get married, even before they get married. I mean, uh, you know, got a couple of of, uh, people in here that are engaged and they all booed up and uh, (laughs) you you look at them. They they're happy. Some of them, their fiancés aren't even here in this city. But I look at their faces, man, and they're looking pretty happy. (laughs) Looked at. Jason Johnson, he's got his lovely fiance here. All the way from Athens, Georgia. And uh, they just look so happy. And, 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 uh, and it's kind of contagious. You look at them, you're like, man, I want to get remarried. 
you, you look at it, man, they're excited. They're planning and, and just very excited about getting married. But can I tell you, after being married for a minute, <laughs> can I talk to you for a little while tonight? Can we keep it, can we keep it real since we're here? You, you see people, they're so excited. You see them even, even after they, before they get married, right? Before they get married, you're like, okay, you, you, you don't be you know, holding hands and doing all this stuff and embracing each other for too long because it's dangerous. And, and, you know, they, they can't keep you, their eyes off each other. You know, when, 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 when you're dating and you're engaged and you're looking and you're going to be married, uh, you, you always know where that person is. If anybody asks you, hey, yo, where's, where's your, your, your fiance? She right there because you're watching. You'll make sure ain't nobody else over there too. Y'all ain't going to hear what I'm saying up in here. <laughs> you, you, you could be working, but you're going to make sure ain't, don't no other dude be trying to <laughs> get broke off. But I, I notice that sometimes when people are married for a while, that, that luster kind of fades away. After a while, man, you know, don't even sit together. He come in, won't even save her seat. He's like, I'm here. You can sit wherever you want to sit. Don't you got some girlfriends or somebody you want to spend some time with? Hey, 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 where's your wife? I don't know. We rode here together, but I don't know where she's at anymore. No longer are we infatuated. No longer... Are we, so I know this is a love month, but I, I think that we probably need to fall in love with Jesus again. And our text, it paints the picture, right? A picture which in many ways shows us why so many churches today are in decline and actually why so many Christians uh, and individual Christians who somewhere along the way, they allow just being good to replace being great. How many of you know and believe that God just doesn't want us just to be good, nice Christians? He wants us to be great, passionate people for his son, God does. And so God is here and he's working in our midst, but we have to be people who are vigilant. That means you've got to be vigilant to make sure that nothing or anyone hinders your first love. This is why, why our text has been recorded in God's word. It's a prophetic word, it's a preventive word, and it is a prescriptive word, meaning that it needs to help us here tonight because God does not want us to be like this church. And I want us to read out of Revelation chapter two. Anybody ready for the word? It says, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and you have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do your first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I, have, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 
To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, for your dominion. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing and for your favor, God. And here tonight, we ask you to search our hearts. Try us and know us. God, that you would change us, God. We don't want to be mediocre Christians. We don't want to be status quo Christians. But we want to be on fire for God, Christians, men and women who are passionate about your presence and passionate about your word and passionate about our relationship with you. Oh, God, change us. We give you all the praise and glory in the most wonderful name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm just glad again that you made it. Tell your neighbor, I seen you two days in a row and it's kind of scurry. Some of y'all made it two days in a row. You're like, man, the roof didn't fall in. By the way, my mother says hello to everybody. She said, say hello to everybody that knows me. So I don't know who that is. So if you know my mom, if you know my mom, she says hello to everybody. Keep her in prayer. She's actually in the hospital right now. Um, she just needs God to touch her. Something is going on with her heart. I think her heart is beating like at 180 beats, 200 beats. Of, uh, that's not good. Whatever it is. And so I said, Mom, I said, only God knows that they're doing all kinds of tests on her. So keep my mother, Sandra, in prayer. If you would do that, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, let's talk about our first love, because we find here in our text the Lord's commendation. The Lord tells the Ephesian church the good stuff first, and he complimented them on the things that they we're doing and the things that he knew about them. And he talks about their works. You know, uh, um, some people cannot even get as far as the Ephesian saints. There's people in the body of Christ that can't get even as far as them. They, they cannot testify of their works in the Lord because they're not doing any work. There's a lot of people in the kingdom of God. They could never testify like these people because they've not even got on board yet. Can I get a amen from somebody? Some people are Christians by profession. In other words, they, they, they say they're a Christian, but they don't do anything. You know what scares me when people tell me that they're a member, member of our church, but they don't do anything to help nobody. Y'all not going to help me preach it like I want to here tonight. I, I thought we got all the niceties out yesterday. I'm still black, still six foot five, and I still preach the gospel. Happy is a man or a woman that God will say about you, I know your works. And he said about this church, he's commending them. He says, you know something, I know your works and I, I know that you guys are grinding this out. And he says, also, I know your labor. Having labor is going even further in being active. That means that you're toiling for souls and you're travailing for souls. And we all must go beyond the work stage and enter into the labor stage. That's what every church member should be doing. That you're moving from the works and that you move into the labor stage. Because we don't want God to say that we're lazy. He speaks of their patience. Because sometimes we labor very well, but when it's, sometimes we only labor for a short time. I remember being at Pastor Ron Meyer's house and he told me, he said, where he was talking to us about the end times. You guys know Pastor Meyer can be really intense. 
and we're at the house and, and, and me and Tim Huggins are there and he's talking about the end times. He's like, you know, Jesus is coming back. And he had that big old mustache. <laughs> and we're sitting at their dining room table. I think it was 1988, 1989, some crazy year. And he's talking about Jesus coming back. And I remember saying to Tim, I said, oh, Tim, keep your eyes in the sky, bro. Any day. And I remember being out in front of Pastor Meyer's house and I'm looking up at the sky and I'm like, man, it could be a night like tonight, bro. And here I am 30 years later. I've gotten a little bit older, got a couple more gray hairs. Things have shifted from here to here, but it's all good. <laughs> Just wear a tighter T-shirt, holla at your preacher, somebody. Just wear a tighter singlet and you're going to be okay. People ask me, you look like you lost weight. No, just get bigger pants. But I've learned that if you're going to do this Jesus thing, it's going to take patience because this is not a sprint. If you're here and you are into sprinting, you're going to have to learn how to pace yourself because this Christian life takes patience. And that's why some of you younger folks need to look at some of the older people and recognize. I know sometimes you might look at them and say, hey, you don't run as fast as you used to. And they look at you and like, you don't run at all. They're like, I know I don't run fast, but I'm just trying to get you, baby doll, on the starting block. <laughs> he commends them about their intolerance of evil. This, this church of Ephesus, they had a, a hatred of false doctrine, evil practice of false doctrine and and, and, and God honored this. He says, you know, I give you all due respect. Thank you so much that you have this hatred and intolerance for evil. For my name's sake. He said, for my name's sake, and not only for my name's sake, but you, you, you've kept at it and you've had patience and you've not become weary. Who, who in what church today that you know of that could lay claim to praise like that? There's not many churches in America that can lay hold to that type of commendation. Then the Lord lovingly inserted the thing that is some that he had against them. He says all these wonderful things and he says, but somebody say, but he, he says, you have left your first love. And may I say that it is possible to do all the right things and still not have your personal devotion with Christ up to par. I said, you can be doing all the right things. Like I told you uh, yesterday, being in church, that's a good thing. Serving and doing some type of ministry, that is a good thing. But Oftentimes, our personal devotion with Christ is not where it should be. Happy Christians are those who are not idle in their works for him. And God was not taking away from them these four good attributes. He says, man, that's fantastic. You're doing well in that. 
But God desires for us to be well-rounded Christians in our relationship. Can somebody say amen? So I pose to you a question. Because I think it's always good if we ask certain questions. What was Jesus so upset about? He gives, these, he gives a praise report. You know, if I would have came in and I just would have preached that, y'all would have shouted me down. But most of y'all smart enough to know it goes a little bit deeper than that. <laughs> what? Come on, Jesus, what are you so upset about? He's upset because the church had left their first love. This statement does not suggest that they no longer had any love at all. He said you've left your first love. Rather, listen to this. It means that the quality of their love had weakened. But you've got to let that sink in. There's people here, it's not that you don't love. It's that you don't love the way you should love. It happens in our marriages. It's not that we don't love. Most of us not look at our spouse and just say, I, I, I don't even like you really. Some of y'all would. <laughs> but the truth is we just don't love the way we should love. And our love for him has weakened. That phrase, that phrase, first love. Somebody say first love. It holds two meanings. As you have loved me at first and my first love, the first has to do with chronology and the second has to do with priority. Can I say it? The first has to do with chronology, time, and the second has to do with priority. These two meanings, they overlap one another and they complement one another. And so he uses that Greek word left. It means to depart. It means to leave alone. It means to forsake. And it means to neglect. Now, I know that there would not be a person here that would be totally honest. I told and just say, oh, oh you know, God, I, I, I think I may have left my first love. The imagery is strong. It, 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 it also can be used as divorce. You know, when you lose your keys, you ask the question, where are they? Some of you, you can't even go through a church service without checking to make sure your phone's okay. Holler at your preacher, somebody. Boy, if you, if you, if you serve for Jesus like that, boy, you'd be, pff. You, you, you misplace your sunglasses. And you're like, where are my sunglasses? Don't leave. We ain't going nowhere till I find them. Holla at your preacher, somebody. Don't, we ain't going nowhere. And, and, and people are like, come on, we need to go. You can go. I Uber. So whether it be you lose your keys or you lose your sunglasses or you misplace your phone, can I tell you that they usually are where you left them? Now, isn't that profound? It's getting deep up in here, y'all. I'll misplace something and that thing would drop wisdom on me. She'll drop some, she'll drop some serious wisdom. She tells me first, calm down. 
I'm like, I am calm. Don't tell me to calm down. Talk to me, somebody. First of all, don't tell me to calm down. She's like, you need to calm down. I can see something happening to you. I'll calm down and then she'll say, just sit down. And she says, what you need to do is you need to, and this isn't my best Daphne Dillard uh, impression. And I'm not trying to uh, um, do you fully, babe. But, uh, but she'll say, you need to retrace your steps. I'm like, okay. And, and, and then she, she drops this, this heavy one on me. She says, they have to be somewhere. I'm like, now that's serious right there, man. But I would have I never figured that out. If you wouldn't have told me that, it's, they, they got to be somewhere. I'm like, okay. But she told me that they're probably where you left them. And so what you should probably do is retrace your steps. See, there are people here that maybe you've lost your first love. You've got to retrace your steps. Because it's right where you left it. Because one thing we know, God ain't moved. I said, one thing we know, God hasn't moved. He's waiting for you and I to come back. The more we give ourselves to personal prayer and digging deeper with the Lord, you'll find that this begins to happen. Paul Cho, he has a, the, the biggest uh, Pentecostal church in the world. He said these words, he says, uh, the most important thing in our lives is prayer. And how often, has anybody ever felt that in the midst of the master's work, you felt yourself fainting? That, that, that on the inside of you something begins to happen that's why the bible tells us in second thessalonians 3 13 but ye brethren do not grow weary and well-doing and galatians 6 verse number 8 for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life and let us not grow weary and well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we what we faint not and there's only one way we can uphold this and not faint. You have to dig deeper with Jesus. If you have lost your first love, can I tell you that you've got to go deeper with Jesus? Just touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you've got to go deeper with Jesus. He's got to be the chief thing in your life. I feel like preaching here tonight. He has got to be the supreme Thing in your life as a child of God the memories of, 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 of having a first love of Jesus and I share this all the time having a first of my best memories my best memories of my salvation is over on 101 East Comstock when I would go into that prayer room and it'd be super hot I said the prayer room would be super hot I remember the days you couldn't even get in there it'd be packed up in that joint Legs and babies everywhere. We even had to extend it over to 
another nursery that smelled like pee. <laughs> y'all remember that. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. If you came late, you had to go in the pee nursery. <laughs> I remember those, man. I remember being in prayer meeting, man, and I'd be standing. I, I would be praying and I'd be losing my voice before church even started. I'm like, God, you need to do something in here. When I think about the magnitude of his forgiveness and the knowledge of his love, when I'm reminded of those special times with my brethren, being with Brother JJ and up in our little raggedy condominium that me and Tim had down the street. It's ugly. Heaven would come down in there. You know, some people think that to grow old, you have to get cold. Some people think that to grow old, you have to lose fire when actually we should be shining brighter and brighter. Can someone say amen? That, that actually we, we should be shining brighter and brighter. And so it, it, it beckons the question, how is, it, how is it that someone becomes cold in their walk? How do we become cold? There, there, there are some of you who have not even been around that long and you're cold already. You're like, how did I go from being someone that I was so excited that you came and you witnessed his love, you witnessed his mercy, you know of his forgiveness. It's not nothing, nothing I got to say, you know. And here you are, whether it be two years later or 20 or 30 or 40 years later, and you're sitting here and you're wrestling with it. You're like, God, I'm tired. I ain't even feeling it anymore. I go out of obligation because I don't want to go to hell. Folks, do we really want that? Do we really want to do this till Jesus comes back with, I just don't want to go to hell? That's like staying there and just say, I just don't want to ever get divorced. What kind of crazy nonsense is that? Y'all ain't going to help me preach. Holy Spirit, help me here tonight. You know, people grow cold in different ways. Each person, you got to take a personal assessment of your life and ask yourself, what happened to me? How did I go from being passionate to lackluster? Some of you, you never asked, you never asked that question before. For some people, it has become an overcommitment in the area of success in your life that keeps you from selling out totally to Christ. You missed a good spot to say, preach that black man. I, 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 I said, some of you are more concerned with being successful than you are with being in love with Christ. You, lo you love the idea of being successful. Now, you know, you know, people, you know, there's nothing wrong with starting a business. And people start businesses and they struggle for years in their business, man. And, they, and, and finally, they, after years of struggle, then all of a sudden they get some breakthrough in their business. 
But if you're not careful, then all of a sudden it becomes about the dollars. And then all of a sudden it's about business deals. And, 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 and you know, when, when you're passionate and you're burning hot for God, you, you, you're not taking jobs and, and things like that that would pull you away. Because actually we pray when you're hot for God, you pray, God, give me a job where I can be more available to you. But when you start getting cold, then all of a sudden you're like, make me successful that I can be successful for me. So we take business jobs and sometimes we we need to ask ourselves, you know, am I overcommitting myself to making money because I want to make money? Some of you know, there was a time where we would really encourage people, hey, don't work on Sunday ever if you don't have to. Oh, I wish I had a Holy Ghost church in here. Thank you, Lord, for the right sermon, because we got some we got some funny folks up in this joint. I remember I would tell people, listen, I remember I worked for DHL and I worked for Costco, a price club back in the day, price club. You know I'm old. Price club, and, and, and they wanted me to work on Sunday. I said, listen, I'm going to be in church, or you can keep your job. So I remember on Sunday, they said, everybody's got to work on Sunday. I said, I'll work on Sunday, but I'm going to be at church. So y'all need to do some magic with your schedule. (laughs) However you got to work it. And I remember I would leave morning service. I would go work at Costco and I would come back at night. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm preaching. Y'all ain't feeling what I'm preaching. Some of y'all are like, man, it seems like a lot. (laughs) You're doggone right, it's a lot. That don't mean I'm going to leave and just because I, I, just cause I got some things to do in between service, man, I ain't even going to go back, man. I'm tired. I'm going to go lay down somewhere. <laughs> oh, I wish I could preach this thing like I feel it. Oh, my goodness. Nowadays, people, you know, I, man, I would make it, man. I got to work on Sunday. Well, you should have told them at the beginning that you couldn't. I want some of you younger folks to listen to the OG. I tell people all the time, don't go for no interview. And when the people ask you what days you can't work, don't be up in there looking all stupid. (laughs) Some of y'all young people listen to me here today. I'm trying to help you. Don't be walking up in no interview with your scared behind. I don't I don't even know if God I don't need. He controls a lot of things, but I don't know if he controls this because boss man looks serious. When they ask you what days you can work, what you need to say, I will be the best employee you ever seen in your life. Just not on Sunday. I I don't do good on Sundays. (laughs) My schedule, my schedule don't permit because I need to be at church. See, they will respect you a lot more if you're honest, rather than you talking some crazy mess, seven days a week, call me anytime, one in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning, I'm yours. And then when they put you down, all of a sudden now you rebuking demons. Foul spirit. I'm just, I, you know, I'm just trying to serve the Lord. And it's like as soon as I start getting subtraction, 
Here he come. Here he come. Oh, Slewfoot. <laughs> you start making decisions. That's why Pastor Kimball always said, don't make any decisions for destiny based on money. You're on a slippery slope. And the moment that you start doing that, the sense of needing him begins to wane. And you begin to not love him like you used to love him. And there's people here I can feel by the Holy Spirit. You actually love money more than you love him. You got a great job now and you're like, man, this is nice. Got me some stuff. When before, many of us know that, 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 that we, we were the kind of people that, God, I'll give all this stuff up to have you and to know you. That we used to be the kind of people that, God, I'll, I'm willing to live next to nothing. I was telling someone today, I was sharing with them, I said, you know what? The best days of my life was when I had less. Man, you start living, living for God and he started blessing you and then all of a sudden, he, he's got to fight you for affection. Well, it's quiet up in here. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Anybody there, 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 there? Some of you were better when you were broke. You were more passionate when you were grinding it out and struggling. Too much of the world is hard for any man. You start getting too much stuff, it's hard for any man, any woman. You know, some people also are led astray when your relationships in the world become more important than your relationships in the kingdom. That when people begin to build and forge more relationships in the world. And listen, I'm not talking about soul winning here, but I'm talking about those in whom you've chosen to have your closest friends be outside the church. Those are the people, that's your clique. That's who you roll with. Like church folks, so boring. Church people, so goofy. It's crazy because they weren't that goofy before when they were helping you. They were okay when you were living in their house. They, they were okay. They were super cool when you were broke and they just, the spirit of God spoke to them to give you $200. They were, they were, they were okay then. Y'all ain't gonna help me preach here today. They were okay then. They were great people, man, my church family. I don't even know where the miracle was going to come from, out of nowhere. Money just don't come out of nowhere, player. God speaks to people and they release. I know you might think money just comes out, man, just nowhere and then $200. <laughs> it don't happen like that. God speaks to people. <laughs> but, but, but something happens when our love begins to grow cold. Then all of a sudden, all of our relationships and all of our connections are in the world. That is where we get the greatest satisfaction. Can I tell you something? That if any place brings you more satisfaction than the house of God and God's people, you're in trouble. 
And the person who is fall, fallen away or has fell away is a person who begins to surround themselves with unsaved people. So I always get nervous when you see people and they don't have any friends in church. None. None. You're like, do you have any friends here? And it's 500 people here. You're like, no. <laughs> Not one? No. I want y'all to look around. Look around. Just, just look around. Just like, don't, don't look at me a minute. Look around. There's a lot of folk up in here. Now, how can you tell me honestly tonight? I don't have any friends here. God knows I have tried. <laughs> so you couldn't find anyone. And because you could not find anyone, so now all of your friends are just these bunch of unsaved heathens. Can I dig deeper? You, you, you know the reason why you like all your unsaved friends, so you can act carnal. You like it, you can just kind of let your hair down. I like it because when I get around them, I can just be me. Can I tell you that we should all seek, we should all seek godly friends so that we can maintain our first love. Can I tell you that? You may have in this house, listen, I've known most of these people most of my life, and we're not perfect. But I know some people here, you got my back for sure. I know that if push came to shove, you down with me. Talk to me, somebody. I know that if it came down to it, I know I got some people up in here who will pray for me, who knows how to pray. That's why these are the best relationships. So, what are the steps to returning to your first love? Write this down, and, and not that it's so prolific or anything like that. I know sometimes I might say, write things down, and y'all like, man, you ain't saying nothing, preacher, man. But just, just make me feel better. <laughs> Even if you're doodling, just... just. <laughs> If you're going to return to your first love, maybe you place some things in front of Jesus. Step one, you have to remember. Somebody say remember. Jesus said, therefore, remember from where you have fallen. That, that word he says, therefore, refers uh, back to the loss of love for Jesus that we read about in verse number four. They fell from a deep love for the Lord. They fell from fellowship with the Lord. I want some of you to listen to me very closely. They fell from a heart of God. Can I tell you that the greatest quality about the Christian life is that we can be intimate with the king? I want you to think about that. That King Jesus would allow you and I to be intimate with him. That we would even have an audience because many of you know that most kings aren't just chilling with peasants. Say amen, somebody. I know, I know that, that I said that and some of y'all are like, don't be calling me no peasant. Whatever that means, but don't be calling me no peasant. 
But kings don't have to spend no time with you. Kings will tell you, yo, talk to my secretary who's got a secretary, who got a secretary, who got somebody who got their secretary. <laughs> Pass your paper forward. It says, remember from where you have fallen. In other words, he says, you need to remember that you are in a state of spiritual decline. And I'm going to tell you something about their decline, just like with our decline. That it's more than just a oopsie in an in a, a, occasional slip. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's more than just an occasional slip. There's something about when we start to go backwards, it's not something that just happens one time. We start falling into this type of behavior over and over and over again. So Jesus, he exhorts the Ephesians. He says, remember from where you have fallen. It is critical. He says, you need to remember where you lost it. Some of you have lost it because you don't read his word anymore. All you do is carry a Bible. Quiet, man. What time is it? Yeah, we're going to be out of here in a couple of minutes. You don't pray anymore. I said you come to prayer, but you don't pray. Do, do you know that you can come to prayer, but never pray? Y'all hear what I said? You can come to prayer because sometimes we feel good that we came to prayer. And so if anybody were to ask you, hey, man, you go to prayer me? Of course I do. I'm in ministry. So nobody will be able to pull you up on any of that stuff. They, can't, they won't be able to come to you, you know, like we got the, you know, the, the Gestapo walking around and, and you got Pastor Tori and Pastor Mark and you got Pastor Hill and they're all walking around. They're looking around they're like, okay. And you look at them and you're like. <laughs> they're walking around the prayer room. They're, they're walking around the prayer room. They got their clipboard. Brother Tom. I don't know if they use those anymore, but anyway. So he says, firstly, that you need to remember. And then he says, secondly, and I move quickly, he says to repent. Somebody say repent. The second step to returning to your first love is you have to repent. That, that, that word repent, we know it, con it conveys the idea of, of sorrow or contrition. That's our English word. That means that the English word doesn't really give it weight. It doesn't really give it gravity. That's why the Greek word actually brings some weight to it. The, the Greek word carries the idea. It is, more, it is more a total change of thought and behavior. That means that when you truly repent, it is a change of mind and action. There's somebody here what I'm preaching up in here today. It is more than you just saying here tonight, oh God, I'm sorry. He says here today that if you really repent, it is a, a total change of the way that you think. And when you change the way that you think, you'll change the way that you behave. Attitude and behavior. Repent means to change the way you think. It, it, it is clearly connected with the change behavior. Change of your attitude. Change of your heart. 
and mind. And if you change your heart and mind, you'll change your behavior. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, my Christian life has no shine. What are you going to do about that? Maybe you're here and you, 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 you're saying, I used to burn passionately for Jesus. I used to have a passion for his word and a passion for prayer and a passion for his presence and a passion for fellowship. I love to be here and this was the place that I love to be the most, but now something has happened to me and other things have began to take the place of the relationship that at one time meant the most to me. The Lord says, remember and repent. There was a time in David's life where David drifted. You know he drifted. He, he's casting longing eyes onto Bathsheba. But he repented and he prayed fervently. He said in Psalm 61 or 51, 12, he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. And David was reconciled. And David was stirred up by God's spirit and he went on to serve the Lord faithfully and zealously for the rest of his life. I need to know, does anybody need some of that? <laughs> and lastly, you have to redo. Somebody say redo. Jesus, uh, Jesus he, uh, 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 the letter, they're encouraged. And Jesus uh, urges the Ephesians. He said, do the deeds that you did first. Do I got a couple more minutes? Do the deeds that you did first. Context indicates that by first works, Jesus wants his church to get back to their first love. And he says, I want you to redo. I think that's why the Bible tells us in James 4, 8, draw near to God. And he will what? Draw near to you. And when I was thinking about that today, I, I thought about it. I said, redo, redo. Remember, repent, redo. And one thing came to me. We need to become obsessed with Christ. Y'all hearing what I'm saying here today? We have to become obsessed with Christ. Christ. There has to be in our churches and for young people and old people. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, preacher, I don't even know when you talk about them old days. I don't even know about them old days. But can I give you some nowadays? Can I can I give you some right now up to date necessity? The kingdom of God needs people who are having an obsession for Christ. Oh my goodness, how we could turn the world upside down if there were some people in the Door Christian Center who had an obsession for him. That means you are preoccupied by him.
Oh, y'all ain't going to help me preach. Holy Spirit, help me. I'm preaching a lot better than you guys let me know I'm preaching. Can I say it again? I'm preaching a lot better than y'all let me know I'm preaching. That we become preoccupied by him. We become dominated with our affection towards him. We become fixed on him. We become immersed in him. Oh my goodness. We become gripped by him. Oh, I need to say it again. We become dominated, fixed, immersed in him, gripped by him, infatuated. You know how it feels to be infatuated. Some of you were infatuated by your husband and your wife. You were just, oh, you, you were infatuated. They ain't said a word to you yet. He was like, man, I can't wait to get to church. They just might be there. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. Had a passion for Christ. Some of you here, when some of us older people we speak, I, 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 forgive me, I know that in your heart you're like, Pastor, I don't even know what you're talking about. You keep talking about this fire. You talk about, always talking about, man, it was hot back then, man. The church was hot on flaming hot. You're like, enough already. Can I tell you something? If we don't have people who are preoccupied and dominated and fixed and immersed in and gripped by and infatuated with and passionate for Jesus, there won't be a church here. If some of you young people don't get what I'm preaching here tonight, because see, a lot of us are getting older. We, you know, I'm not planning on checking out anytime soon, but what are you going to do? When are you going to take some ownership and say, you know something, I think that I need to be preoccupied by, dominated, fixed, immersed in, gripped by. And if you've never had it, you better pray you get it tonight. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you've never had it, you need to say, God, forgive me. I repent that I could be in a church all this time and never get it. My goodness, I could probably give you a free pass if you were at, at, at freezer church down the street. I could empathize with you. I could maybe say to you, hey, I understand, baby doll, because that church is dead, but this church ain't dead. You have no excuse. None whatsoever. Don't you tell me here today that you don't have anybody to follow. You ain't telling the truth. Some of you are so busy trying to be successful and be something in this world, you're going to miss him. So you better stop, remember, repent, and redo. If you don't have no fire, you better crowd to the Lord for some. Say, God, I'm going to immerse myself. I'm going to fall so deep in love with you that if anybody and anything comes along and tries to snatch me away, I'm like, uh-uh, 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 spoken for, baby. Somebody better help me preach here today. Spoken for, uh. No, I'm not going nowhere. I'm in love with Jesus. 
righteousness shining brighter and brighter until the new day. That's us. Maybe you lost something. Maybe you need to trace your steps. Can you say amen? Say, God, I don't love you the way I used to love you. I don't love your word the way I used to love your word. I don't appreciate your presence like I used to. I don't even appreciate your people like I used to. I used to appreciate your people, but now I look at some of your people. These are still the best people in the world. No other people like God's people. Can you say amen? Let's return to our first love. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. God bless you. Thank you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Thank you so much. You guys have been so patient letting me preach and so appreciative. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Just for a moment, God is speaking to us and challenging us and convicting us. And <coughs> As our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed in the presence of the Lord, I want to just pause for a moment and speak to those who have come here tonight who are not Christians. We're not going to hold this out all night. And uh, we want to thank you, first of all, for being guests here. We thank you. We thank you, everyone that has come here tonight, and especially guests and those that are here for the first time. We're privileged to have you. There are so many things that people can do on a Monday night and, and probably are doing, but you took time out of your schedule to come and be a part of the service and we're blessed, we are. But we wanna give you opportunity before you leave here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saved, I'm not born again. If Jesus were to come back today and I would have to stand before him, I would not make heaven my home. Now, I want you to understand, I didn't make any rules up. Jesus is the one who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the life. He said, no man come to the Father but through me. That is what Jesus said, and he never apologized. He never extracted or repented from those words. He says, this, this is the only way that you can come. You must Come through me. And you say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not right with God. I want to give my heart to the Lord. You lift your hand quickly, 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 all over this building. Lift your hand quickly, quickly. You say, yes, that's me. Pray for me, Pastor. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. Come on, lift your hand up. All over this building, God is speaking to you. You lift your hand right now. You say, yes, that's me. I need to get some things right. I need to come to the Lord. Lift your hand quickly, quickly. Front, back, left, right. God is speaking to you. Unsaved, backslidden. Lift your hand quickly, quickly all over this building. Amen. As our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and as the Spirit of God is moving and touching hearts and changing hearts, a very simple message, and I appreciated your patience as I tried to articulate some things that are in my heart. 
Church, it's not that we don't love anymore. It's actually because our love has weakened. It's not where it should be. And to anyone who has lost their first love, the only thing you can do is to seek to get your first love restored. God is speaking to some people here tonight. And you're like, God, you know something? I've, I, I, I've lost. I've lost something. God, your word, it bores me. I don't, I, don't, I don't look at your word anymore as the words of life and it having everything that I need for direction and motivation and correction for my life. I don't see it that way. And because I don't see it that way, that's why I don't read it anymore. You know, you know where you're at. I'm not, you examine your own, you say, God, uh, uh, my love has grown cold towards your word, it's grown cold towards your kingdom, it's grown cold towards your uh, uh, fellowship. I've lost it, God. And his admonition to us, remember, repent, and redo. God, I've got to change my thinking that my behavior can change. And if God has spoke to you, the altar's open. I'm not going to take any more time. You say, God, I need to return. I need to Remember, repent. Maybe God is speaking to you. You're, some, you're, you're, you're a younger convert and you say, God, you know something? I, 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 I don't have a fire like I need to have. I, I, I come to church, but I'm not hot the way that I need to be. You come. You find a place to pray and you kneel down before the Lord and the Holy Spirit is going to touch you. Come all the way up and come spend some time with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. God, help us. Remember from where thou hast fallen. Retrace. Retrace your steps. God, I need to remember. God, I, I, I know tonight, I know tonight where I went astray. God, I begin to worship things more than worshiping you. I begin to worship things more than worshiping you. Oh God, I... I remember. Oh God, I need to remember your forgiveness. I need to remember your mercy. I need to remember your kindness. I need to remember your favor. Remember. Repent and redo. Oh Jesus. Oh Lamb of God. Son of God. Son of God. Son of God. We praise we honor you we magnify you ancient of days yeah. 
We glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, ancient of days. Come on, crowd to the Lord. Remember, repent, and redo. Say, God, I'm, I've got to get some things right here at the altar. I've got to get some things right here at the altar. God, I want to return to my first love. Oh, God, I love you because you first loved me. I love your word because it brings life. Oh, God, I need to repent. I need to change my attitude. And if my attitude can change and my behavior can change, I repent. Oh, God. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Restore unto us, God, the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Do something in our church, oh God. Set men and women on fire for your kingdom. Set men and women on fire for your presence. Give them a love and a desire to build a deep relationship with you. Oh God. Let us not become cynical. Let us not become apathetic. Let us not become complacent. Raise up a generation of believers in this house that run after you. Men and women who hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God. Yes. Come on, let's all stand. When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply yes. come. We bless you, Lord, longing just to bring, longing just to bring something that's a word. Something that's a word hey. that would bless your heart.